White Hot Magazine, one of the world's leading platforms for contemporary art. Hello, my name is Stephen Wozniak, and I'm the guest host of Art World, the White Hot Magazine of Contemporary Art podcast, featuring lively discussions with innovative and engaging fine artists, thought leaders, and active creatives about contemporary art and culture, which is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Here on Art World, I am delighted today to interview acclaimed motion picture director David Cronenberg. Cronenberg is known for his uncanny, claustrophobic, and psychologically acute films that often explore existential bodily metamorphosis, our complex technological relationships, insidious disease states, and a fair amount of arresting but judiciously placed violence. These remarkable award-winning, genre-defying films include Shivers, The Brood, The Dead Zone, The Fly, Dead Ringers, Naked Lunch, M. Butterfly, Crash, A Dangerous Method, Cosmopolis, and A History of Violence, among many other notable works in his extensive oeuvre. In addition to his five-decade career as a director, Cronenberg is also a screenwriter, producer, author, actor, and now fine art NFT maker with the release of his rather unique Kidney Stones and Inner Beauty, set for release on March the 28th by pioneering NFT artwork sales marketplace, Super Rare. These are a lot of creative hats, David, um, but you've worn them a long time, at least as an independent filmmaker who made it big in studio movies by his second decade in the motion picture business. Tell me about what you're up to now as our lives and perceptions change through the COVID-19 pandemic, political upheaval, and now wartime. How did Kidney Stones and Inner Beauty come about? Have you always made art in between films, or is this something new? Um, I've always made sort of short films in between films. Okay. Uh, and my first NFT was a short video called The Death of David Cronenberg. Um, and... Uh, under other circumstances, I would have made that film, let's say, for a film festival. So often, the, the, the Toronto Film Festival, the Cannes Film Festival at times, uh, uh, sponsored short films from uh, directors that they were aware of. And and uh, and so the, the death of David Cronenberg could have been one of those. Mm-hmm. But the whole NFT phenomenon offered another venue. For uh, for a spontaneous creation of a video, mm-hmm. a short short video, mm-hmm. and uh, because of course when you when you make a, a, a even a short video, you you want an audience for it, right? Um, but uh, and and uh, if it's going to be shown at the Cannes Film Festival along with the films of other directors, that's one place. But let's say you're in the doldrums, you know, you're between festivals, there's nobody, there's no venue. Right. But suddenly you can sort of, you could sort of create your own venue. And that's what's very exciting about it is that when the uh, impulse seizes you, you can uh, create something small, relatively right. small, right. Uh, but you hope that has a, a potency of its own. And then you have, uh, you, you have a, a possible platform for it, an, an audience. And uh, and that's that's exciting because uh, working in, in, a, in a vacuum is well nobody works in a vacuum. Artists hate it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you're working with a. I guess it's. I mean, I don't know how best to describe it. It seems like it's a mix between a 
a collective and a sales agency and an open marketplace super rare? Do they are they selling the work as a discrete unit and you're handing over the um, copyright and somebody else owns it, or are you going to continue to reproduce it and show it and include it in your your over of artwork? Well, this is always a question, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, versions of it have already hit the web, and that is one of the questions about any NFT. Sure. Uh, any, anything on the blockchain is like, what? What is it that you're actually buying? Yeah. And I and I, I love that because it has provoked many many questions about art, about collecting, about uh, uh, money value, about uh, um, the nature of art. Yeah. In the, in in the sense of its uniqueness. Um, what what are exactly are you buying? And of course, with any money system, including just money, yeah, uh, it, it, it's an abstraction. It's a it's an, a human invention, and it depends on consent to yeah. mean anything. Yeah. Uh, so we agree to our money system. Now uh, with NFTs, we are agreeing to blockchain value. Yeah. And if we if suddenly nobody agrees and it, then it, the value disappears so it's really it's very interesting of course at, at the heart of it is a photograph of my kidney stones yeah and then we we have the the, the interesting sort of facet of, of nfts which is the utility which is could be anything but it could in this case be the actual kidney stones you know so if somebody wanted to buy the nft of my the photographs of my yeah. kidney stones and but they really insisted on having the actual kidney stones as well right i would be willing to do that you know? <laughs> so that's that's uh so in this case it's not a hundred percent digital creation right. it is a digital reproduction of something physical right uh, and 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 so that you know it's all very interesting and it, in a way it's a collaboration between the creator of the, of the NFT and the buyer of the NFT. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the content of the work. Um, I mean, you know, the, the, the formation of kidney stones is an indication of just having lived on this earth or, you know, maybe the state of your health or a lot of other elements. What, what, what is it about, about, were these extracted or did they come out on their own volition? Or tell me about how you came about creating a piece. <laughs> Yeah, no, they, they came out on, on their own. Okay. Uh, I was lucky that they didn't get stuck in some vesicle, you know, yeah. coming out of the kidneys. And yeah. some, because kidney stones are painful, and they can be apparently the most painful thing, even beyond childbirth, wow. I've, I've read. Uh, I was lucky to not have to suffer that. But, I, you know, look, at all creation has is painful in some ways. Yeah. So... Um, but I really thought of it as a message from the inside of my body. You know, it's, a, yeah. it's really saying, uh, you know, you are a consciously creative person. Right. <laughs> but we, inside your body, are also creative. And we're going to communicate with you by creating something that you will, you will eventually have possession of. Right. And, uh, and it will indicate to you yeah. The state of your body, your body. Yeah. And of course, yes, it's it's a matter of chemistry and minerals and what your diet is and a, a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. Uh, 
And yeah, I went through maybe a two-year period creating these uh, kidney stones, and that hasn't happened since, you know, so which I'm grateful for, but at the same time, it's kind of mysterious because I'm thinking, you know, my diet hasn't really changed, so something's changed. Right. Anyway, it's, it's all, uh, it is a very intimate, you know, this is a very intimate uh, created object. These are great, very intimate objects that, that have been created from within me. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it just, it happens to suit, uh, as, I, as I'm sure you've read, you know, the, the, the uh, line of dialogue in Dead Ringers where one of the gynecologist twin says, why aren't there beauty contests over the insides of bodies? Yes. Saying, yeah. We, we, don't, we don't really appreciate beauty of what we are from the inside out it's still very superficial yeah and uh and so that that fits not only that but you asked also asked me what i've been doing well i, I did have after eight years made another movie called crimes of the future mm-hmm. in which vigo mortensen plays a your muse artist. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um and uh it connects with you know his 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 performance is basically body art, right. and uh, um, so that connects very much with that. That, in a way, inspired me to to, uh, to frame my kidney stone collection that way. Right. What um, I, I'm going to take a, a quick quick aside. You 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 know obviously you've worn a lot of hats that I mentioned above, and you are also do work as an actor and have for years since um, at, least yes. the, at least the mid-80s. You and I share something in common. As actors, we both played roles on the beloved Star Trek television series franchise. I was in an episode of Star Trek Enterprise as a sex and race-changing alien thug, and you were on Star Trek Discovery recently as Kovic that aired a few weeks That's ago. Right. What was your experience like well, yeah. on, on the new series? Well, your, your role sounds really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Doctor Kovic. Yeah. It's well. It was a lovely experience, of course, to connect with Star Trek in any way. Because, yeah. of course, I was a big fan of the original series, and yeah. it's had such an interesting evolution since then. And, and yeah. it's very influential artistically. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and even politically. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, but it was a you know there, there's a huge uh, established sets and, and production in Toronto, and uh, and that's been very eye opening to me because the, the sets are huge and beautiful. Yeah, uh, they have a they have a uh, you know they have a uh, enhanced uh, reality mm-hmm. wall you know studio that we, we shot the, the last. Uh, the last episode that I was in, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, really, really quite shocking uh, kind of technology because as an actor standing there and behind the actor you're talking to are spaceships taking off and landing, and they look really real. Wow! <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it's pretty great. You have it's to do great. less less acting and more reacting, I guess, because the technology well, it, enables. It, 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 it certainly does. It certainly does get you in the mood. There's no question about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, so it, but it, it was also important for me in a way because it was one of the first times that I was on a set. It was the second set that I was on uh, during the COVID uh, era. Right. 
And so it was interesting to me, given that I was thinking about starting production on my new movie, to see how COVID protocols were held and, and, and dealt with. And I could see that, yes, in fact, though it made things a little clumsier and more awkward and, of course, more expensive, naturally. Yeah. Uh, it was possible to, to continue to make films in the COVID era. So that was encouraging, very encouraging. And uh, uh, I went into shooting my films feeling much more secure in, in, in terms of that, uh, having been on Star Trek sets. And how was the process in pre-production, you know, uh, practical production and post on your new film did 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 uh, the advent and the uh, sort of comprehensive expression of covid <laughs> and you know its effect on the world on travel on infrastructure on availability of crews and cast did, yeah, did, did it impact that. that greatly or no it, it went amazingly well i mean i was i spent 100 days in athens greece wow uh, doing pre-production and then six weeks of shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one on our crew of at least 150 people got COVID. Wow. Uh, there was a very strict COVID protocol and we had a couple of COVID teams and we were tested every couple of days and mm-hmm. all that. Um, and, uh, so as, and it was really a lovely shoot. I mean, there was a sort of combined Canadian and Greek crew it was a co-production between Canada and Greece right. and it, it was it was really a lovely thing it actually was a lovely experience and that wrapped up late last year or when did that picture wrap yeah it, la- it wrapped in September September think, yeah and you've been editing ever since when when is it uh, when is it set for release well it's finished now um, right uh, but you know we spent the winter editing and doing sound and Mm-hmm. visual effects and so on um, uh, well it, the release depends on several things if we end up in the Cannes Film Festival then it might be a summer release you know, right. know. Right. Uh, if we don't go to Cannes you know it's all it's all really it's really a question of marketing and, sure. and publicity and uh, uh, and a sort of a collaboration amongst the various distributors in various countries right um, so we'll, we'll see we'll see uh, but it is Absolutely ready. I mean, it's completely finished. Uh, I have a quick question about some of your outside projects. Um, you, you know, uh, after writing several screenplays and adapting what many readers and scholars would say are literary masterworks like Burroughs' Naked Lunch and Ballard's Crash, you wrote Existence, a graphic novel, an art book called Red Cars, and then the novel Consumed. What led you to create these projects um, and and how were they received by critics and audiences um well it, i mean it, it, it depends on which audience you know i mean sure. with films you you often get a very different reaction in different countries different cultures different right. languages right so it's really that would be long i can't say that i know how a, how it was received in every every venue sure uh but in terms of in terms of writing a novel though for example i had I always thought that I would be a novelist. I never thought mm-hmm. that, that I would be a filmmaker. And that was your background, right? Yeah, that's what you studied in uh, as an undergrad. Yeah, yeah. I, my, my father was a writer, and uh, I just I, I just played with film 
because I was curious about the technology and all of that. Yeah. Uh, and then it gradually became my career, to my surprise. Yeah. So 50 <laughs> years after thinking I, I would have written my first novel, I did write my first novel. And it was because, uh, partly because I, I was really interested in, uh, there are things, you know, you, you what you can express is, partly determined by the art form that you're using to express it. So sure. if you're if you're trying to if you're being a sculptor it's one thing, a filmmaker suddenly you've got dialogue and motion right. uh, in a novel. It's it's quite a different thing. Language becomes a it is more than just dialogue, you know, in a in a screenplay. The only thing that you see on screen that is directly from the screenplay is the dialogue. But in, in a novel uh, it's all language, and and that that so I, I wanted to experience it. I wanted to see how it would shape uh, what I wrote, what I created, right. and so that's why different venues um, allow you to express different parts of of yourself. Basically. Yeah, yeah. I have a last question about about bugs. <laughs> Let's talk about bugs. Insects and arthropods have fascinated and yet have greatly disturbed me on a personal level, but they've obviously worked their way into a number of your films. Um, what, do they what do they represent? Do, does their evolution, their prehistorical longevity, their ultimate endurance, does that affect your personal existential oh, yeah. understanding? Or what? Oh, yeah. I, oh, I think, well, I think most kids are fascinated by insects, even if it's to be afraid of them. They're yeah. still fascinated because they're recognized yeah. as alien life forms. You mm -hmm. know, these are, these, these are absolutely life forms, yeah. uh, which, and we can relate to them in many ways, you know. I mm -hmm. mean, they mate, they, they, they create babies, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they need food, they fight, they have, they have struggles, they, seem, they, they obviously can uh, experience pleasure. Yeah. Um, and, and yet they are alien, and that's, to me, that's fascinating because we take ourselves for granted because of the way we are raised as children and so on, and we embed ourselves in society. But when you see uh, an alien life form like a praying mantis, uh, suddenly you really are starting to see what life is, what life on Earth is. And uh, it can take you out of this sort of comfort zone of human existence into other kinds of existence which are still absolutely life forms there's no question so that to me that's that's what it is it's sort of it's, it's exciting you know i mean the, the, the whole idea of wow we'll go to another planet and there'll be these exotic right. strange alien life and they're right here <laughs> they're right here man they're right here we haven't discovered them all. I mean, every every probably every other day you read about some new life form being yeah. uh, discovered in in, in, the, in a, sort of the deepest of deep seas and so on. Yeah. So uh, and and the, and the forms are fantastic. They're unbelievable. Like, just, yeah, yeah. So that I I can't see how somebody wouldn't be excited by that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Well, David, I want to thank you for joining us today on Art World. Um, Kidney Stones and Inner Beauty is scheduled for release on March the 28th by Super Rare. And um, you mentioned Crimes of the Future. We'll figure out a release date on that when it goes wide in theaters and on demand. 
And I want to thank you again, David. Uh, I'm a huge longtime fan, and um, we wish you good luck with um, all of those projects and uh, your future in films. Thank you again. Thanks. You got well, it. Thank you. This was a lot, a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks again, David. Bye-bye.